Hello, I'm Doug Martin. And I'm Tasha Martin. Together, we share the joy of personal relationship with Jesus, marriage, children, and serving Vision Church in Lake Worth as pastors. Well, as the worship leader, I just want to invite you to come and worship with us. Well, something special happens when you come into the presence of God and His people in worship. As the lead pastor, I want to invite you to a very friendly and warm church that has a vision that it wants to share with everyone, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us. We're glad that you've decided to listen to our podcast, and I hope that if you're close enough to visit, you'll come by at 9.45 a.m. on Sunday morning, and after the service, say hello to us in the foyer. We would love to meet you. You can also connect with us at visionchurch.ag, on Facebook at agvisionchurch.ag, and on YouTube by searching for Vision Church Assembly of God. Here's my husband, Doug, preaching a message from Sunday. I'm talking about physically spaced out from one another. It still is good to be here together. See one another, right? Look around. Aren't these some great-looking people? Some of them are wearing their Christmas sweaters, things like that. Some of them even light up. As long as you put your Christmas sweaters on silent during the message this morning, that would be great. And phones would be helpful if they would also be on silent. I don't say that very often, but every once in a while we get some interesting ringtones. And uh, Cindy's changing hers to the sound of an axe murderer, I think. We're going to just keep beating that one. That's just fun. That's a, hey, you know, can't we, should we have a little bit of fun when we get together? Absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we have been uh, enjoying that time of this is my story. And haven't you enjoyed hearing these stories of God's grace working in so many people's lives? And, and here's, here's a couple things I'm hoping that we're discovering. Number one, uh, we don't, any, no one in this room thinks that somebody else's story is dull, dry, and boring. We're sitting here going, wow, what a story. So let's banish the idea that the grace working in anybody's life the grace of God working in anybody's life is dull, dry, and boring, but can actually be a cause for celebration and encouragement into somebody else's heart. And so we want to do... Secondly, it lets us know maybe how distant we are from one another. Even though we're familiar, we recognize each other, some of us know each other's names, but we really haven't had the time together to begin to discuss and understand down in the heart of a person what has been going on and how is the grace of God being revealed to you and what is God up to in somebody else's life? If we're not careful, if we live like that, we think God's not at work. But if we live closer to one another, we get to share and partake of the grace of God. And that, that helps us to understand how powerful a word of encouragement is and how talking about our story to someone else it's not a self-centered act, but a Christ-centered act. When we actually give a gift of encouragement and the grace of God into somebody else's life, and because of you sharing, others are encouraged. It lets us know that we need to live closer together in community and that there are some people out there that are just dying to hear our story. They're just dying to hear our story. And we want to build upon that as we come out of the Christmas holidays and into the new year. Do you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be strategically and purposely doing things to make new connections with somebody close to us in proximity. A neighbor, somebody that we see at the grocery store, a, a, a checker, somebody who serves us coffee, whoever that person might be. And God is going to help us 
So begin praying about this, that God's going to help me build bridges into people's lives. I'm going to actually get close to people, close enough to be able to share my story and begin to see the grace of God touching somebody else's life. This is part of ending the idea of becoming a dead sea, where we just receive everything into our life, and we find ourselves as a vessel of God's grace, and we begin to speak into other people's lives. So get ready as we go into 2021. That's what we're going to be doing. And the challenge is going to be, despite the fears and everything else going on in the atmosphere, that we're going to press through that and break through that. And God is going to give us a way to make connections closer than we ever have before, even though everything in our world is telling us, cover your face, don't speak, and certainly don't get any closer than six feet. Now, how many of you know that's a tall order? But we serve the God of heaven, with whom there is nothing impossible, and he's going to enable us to do that and be a light shining in the darkness and be hope and encouragement in a time of great discouragement and fear, and that God's grace is going to be on display like never before in 2021. You ready to believe with me for that? Say amen. 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 All right. All right. Well, it's, it's Christmas time. We're in December, and so it's officially okay to actually hit, listen to Christmas music, Christmas music, especially if it's from the Wham! Christmas album. <laughs> I just have to throw that out there in hopes that there are some people I know that I'm just goading right now over video because every year they say you can play any Christmas you want, but don't play Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time or Wham's Christmas album. Please don't do that. And so I always bring that up. I always bring that up. And so I'm just being a little bit facetious. Is it okay to continue to tease like that? Well, even if it isn't, we're going to, because this is a holiday of joy, and we need to rediscover possibly some laughter and some lightheartedness because Jesus is the reason for this season, and His grace is amazing. And so we're going to go into a three-part series leading up to Christmas. Here it is. This is the first Sunday in December. We only have three before Christmas. And so I've found a three-part message I'm going to do one part at a time. But each subpart's going to be 27. No, I'm teasing. I'm totally teasing about that. It's, it's simply going to be three gifts. Everybody say three gifts. Wouldn't your Christmas buying be much easier if you just had to get three gifts? Three gifts. How, how many of you feel that stress when you had forgotten one or somebody springs an unexpected one on you and you go, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, no. Because now this means I need to reciprocate. And it's like, oh, somebody just added something else to my list. Three gifts. Three gifts. So when we're thinking about this season, let's think about three gifts. And this week, as we look at this verse, one simple verse. Now, this is our launch pad, and we're going to go out into some other verses, and some of this I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Is that okay? Some of that's just going to come off the top of my head, just inspired as we go through it. Is it okay for it to be inspiration? All right. I just want to make some of you are saying that's poor preparation. No, 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 no. I'm prepared, but you just never know. You just never know. Three gifts, and I'm looking at Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11. 
And it says, and when they, who were they? The Magi, the wise men who had come from the east. When they came into the house, notice it says house, not to the manger. Now, just to explode some of your Christmas myths just a little bit, all of you in the Truth Seekers class, you've already had this happen to you. So you've survived, right? You're still here. And what we have here is we have actually something which is situated in the month of December on the 25th. And it's not the birth of Jesus. It is the arrival of the wise men to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem to bring what? Gifts. So giving gifts on December 25th is biblical. But it's not happy birthday Jesus. We do that on September 11th. Now, it's pretty tough in our country because of something that happened recently on September 11th. But there are some interesting evidence that Jesus was actually born in the month of September in Judea, in Bethlehem. And so it's okay then. This is, here's the other exciting thing. I just love freedom. I just love liberality. And so you can accuse me of being a liberal on this point. It's okay if you start Christmas season on September 11th and just run it right through the 26th. It's okay if you do that. Now, if you really want to listen to the Christmas music, I guess knock yourself out, but that, that might get a little bit old. Maybe decorating in September might get a little old, but some people I've seen, some people were so anxious to get Christmas, they were decorating before Thanksgiving. They were decorating way early because it's like, hurry up. They're like Cindy Lou Who. Hurry up Christmas and get here. We're, hurry up and get here because if we can get to Christmas, we have a chance to get to New Year and get out of 2020 and into 2021. So a lot of people are kind of living with that sense. So when they came into the house, this is a house actually. There was no room in the place for them earlier when he was born, but now he's a child, not an infant, and he's in a house, not at the Tower of Siloam. I'm sorry, not the Tower of Siloam, but the Shepherd's Tower, where the uh, temple ewes actually gave birth to their young in the proper season. But it's not time for that, and out of season, we have the Lamb of God, born and wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now we're around two months and two years later, and we come to this story Uh, When they came into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Now, who alone is worthy of our worship? God himself. Angels are not worthy of worship. There is only one fallen angel who desires it, and his name is Lucifer. No human being is worthy of worship. No one other than God himself, God and very God, and his name shall be called, according to Isaiah the prophet, Emmanuel, God with us. And so here we have God, this great mystery of God in human flesh. God incarnate. And when these wise men bow down, they know what they're doing. They worship him isn't Jesus worthy of worship even the toddler Jesus is worthy of worship
and opening their treasure boxes, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So today, we're going to talk about gold. I can almost hear somebody saying, show me the money. One of the features of Christmas giving, one of the colors that's one of the favorite colors of Christmas is gold. That's one of the reasons that I chose that red background with the gold. That's just a wonderful contrast, isn't that? Just a, just a wonderful glistening color. Now, silver is silver bells and so on and so forth, but everybody, it just speaks universally around the globe to everyone, this idea of gold. Everybody say gold. So to receive something made of gold on Christmas, at least all the ladies would say, not this year? Is that what you all said? I think you have to speak up. I thought I heard all of them say, no, forget it this year. No, it's always good to find something made of, oh, I heard all the ladies that time. So what is so special about a yellow-colored metal that has inspired fever, rushes, and wars? How many of you ever heard of gold fever? How about the gold rush or the Boer Wars that occurred in South Africa with the British? What was it about? It was about natural resources. It was about gold. We hear about the San Francisco 49ers. We hear about the Klondike, the Yukon, and the, the fever which drove people from the east to the west to California looking for gold, and then up into the Yukon, the bitter cold areas of Alaska, and looking for gold. Now, to this day, you can find on one of the channels or one of the YouTube channels somewhere, I know you can Google it and find it, somebody who's right now looking for gold. And they're up in Alaska, and they're sitting there sifting and looking through nuggets and looking through. Now, here's what is envisioned in their head. They want to find this huge boulder of gold. Why? Because it's so valuable if I was just to find this large nugget, and it doesn't help that there have actually been discovered, very rare, large nuggets of gold. Huge nuggets. And everyone immediately heard of that true story of millions and millions of dollars worth of gold found by somebody leaning against a rock or dropping an implement and chipping it and going, whoa, maybe there's some gold in this rock. No, you just discovered the largest nugget of gold. And every one of us, don't you wish you could find that? As a kid, I'd read the stories about Treasure Island and everything else, and it didn't help that I went to school on a school bus with a bunch of liars. Because they would make up stories one day on the school bus, they said, you live in this house, Doug? Yeah. Well, my grandfather told me, and somebody made up a story that there was a secret wall in the basement of that house, and behind that secret wall was pirate's loot. I spent days. I tapped on, I had read enough Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries that I knew that if you tap just right on a certain block, 
it would depress into the wall, and then you would hear a clicking and a whirring sound, and then there would be a panel that would open up, and then inside of that panel, and if it was Indiana Jones, a lamp would come on all by itself, would burst into flame. And so hearing these stories and reading books like Treasure Island and, and uh, Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, I went through the entire basement on every concrete block and tapped with a little hammer. And I looked, all I found in all of my searching and all of my travel, I got intimately acquainted with every concrete block that served as the foundation of that house. When I finished, all I found was an old piece of fishing wire, a bobber, and an old lure. That's it. I didn't consider that treasure. And I resolved, if nothing else, that's the last time I listened to the stories that I hear told on the school bus. Now, how many of you know that was a valuable lesson? That was a valuable lesson to learn. But I was driven with a gold fever that, that had me going for hours and days looking in the basement for this lost treasure. But what is it that's so special about that? Why does the Bible feature this yellow-colored metal? From the book of Genesis, where it says, and there, in that land, there is much gold. All the way through the book of Revelation that tells us the streets of the New Jerusalem are gold. Gold shows up from Genesis to Revelation. What's going on here that God would include it in his inspired scriptures and would use this natural earthly thing in order to capture our imagination and capture our attention? Why did these magi bring it as one of their gifts? Why was this so valuable to them that they thought that this one born king of the Jews, this one they would come and bow down and worship, that they would bring this gold? And here's another question we can consider before we get into the meat of the message in the next few moments. In what way can I bring this gift to the Christ of God? Wait a minute. I can bring this gift? Kind of reminds me of one of those Christmas songs about the poor drummer boy. All he could do was play his drum for him, pa pum pum But I would say that something's been greatly overlooked in these traditional Christmas songs, and that is that every one of us can bring to him a gift of gold. Everybody say the word gold. Now that word gold when we look on the periodic table of the elements, and how many of you are familiar with that periodic chart of the elements? Some of you have it hanging in your room, right? You, you look at it every day before you go out the door. You're familiar with that. And what's one of the great mysteries to us as English speakers is why in the world is lead PB? That doesn't make any sense. We get our word plumber from the word lead, PB. It's a Latin word. Why is silver A-G? Well, because the assemblies of God is silver. No? No? But we heard about a king, Agamemnon, and he is connected to gold, the letters for gold. Here's not gold, silver. But when we get to gold, it's this, A-U. Not hey-you, but A-U. Why? Aurum. And we get our word 
Aura and Aurora Borealis is a related word, and it has to do with a glow. And isn't it interesting that we see crowns of gold upon the heads of important people in heaven, and we have this idea that comes over into art of a halo. And what are they trying to depict to us? That crown and that halo is to speak of this aura. It's to speak of this light. It's to speak of this reflection, and what it's speaking of is the value of heaven which surfaces within the texture of an everyday person. Sometimes we look at it this way. When we get an idea, a light bulb is shown over our head. Something has dawned on us, but the book of Isaiah says, Arise, shine, for the light of the dawn has come upon you. There's something that's telling us something. It's saying that there is something heavenly, something that is beyond this realm of the physical, something which comes from a higher realm, something which is revealed, and something that has been concealed and is released into our life. It speaks to us of value. It speaks to us of grace. When we go through the seven Lights, and how many of you remember talking about the sevenfold spirit? I think it's so fascinating that as we, as in fact, we have those seven lights down here, and it helps me to stay connected with the sevenfold spirit. If you look at from left, to, your left to right, over here from right to left for me in video land, we, we talk about freedom, and we took look at the rainbow, which is red. The next color of the rainbow is orange. And the next color of the rainbow is yellow. And that coincides with that flame of the Spirit, which is grace. I don't think that's a mistake. And what color is gold? Yellow. You get your, you get your crayon in your box of eight, and you're going to color a crown? The base of it is going to be yellow. And then you're going to go with the green and of the different gems and the ruby and the sapphire and so on and so forth, and you're going to put those colors against that background of gold. But what are we going to represent that gold with? Yellow. So this glow, this sense of the grace of heaven, this sense of the gift of heaven, and so we find a, syn a synonym between grace and gift, right? Grace and gift. We find that word in the New Testament, charis, which is grace, and charismata, which is the giving or dispensing of grace. And in the first, first Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, what do we find described? The gifts of the Spirit. And do you know what the greatest gift of all is? The gift of Jesus, the gift of of the grace of God, which enables us to come to salvation. His name is Yeshua. He shall save. The greatest, most wonderful gift that a human being can receive is a dispensing of grace called salvation. Here's the question. Have you received the gift of salvation yet? If you have, say amen. If you haven't, I've got great news for you. And that is that it is available, it has been paid for, and it's just waiting to be received, to be perceived, 
received, unwrapped, and released into your life. Amen. So in what way can I bring this gift to the gift to the Christ of God? Now, first of all, gold is rare. Have you figured that out? Gold is rare. The largest the country that is responsible for the most production of gold per year is China. And they're only able to produce 440 tons of gold. 440 tons. That's really not that much. You can put a ton in the back of a pickup. That's 440 Dodge Ram pickups or Chevrolet Silverados. I'm in Texas right? Or found on the ranch dead, same thing, you know, F-350. And so if you, if you put it in a pile, it would be about 90 feet long, that's 30 yards, 90 feet long by 90 feet wide by 90 feet tall. In other words, you could just overfill this sanctuary from front to back, side to side, to the ceiling, and higher. You have to go up higher, 90 feet, and that would be the total production of gold out of the largest producer on planet Earth. Wow. Doesn't, it's really not much. And that's for 7.5 billion people to somehow have a connection with, to undergird their currency. In fact, this is why there is always a gold and silver exchange. Have you ever wondered why there's a market for that? Because it's so rare that what you have to do is actually recycle. So about a third of the earth's gold every year is recycled. It's by people selling their gold, and here's what you do. You melt it down, and then you craft something else out of it. And it's, and it's less costly to recycle than it is to actually mine it out of the ground. This is what makes it rare. You have to go find it. Careful searching required. If you're going to get gold on the earth, it requires careful searching. Didn't Jesus say something about if you will knock and keep on knocking? If you will seek and keep on seeking? If you will ask and keep on asking? We find in the wisdom scriptures that we have to pursue him. He says, you'll find me if you pursue me with all of your heart. In order to find gold, it would be wonderful if you could just stumble over it. And I've found some gold you can just stumble over, and it's called iron pyrite or fool's gold. But let me just tell you something. That's exceedingly rare in and of itself. It requires Hours and hours and big equipment and digging up tons of earth and sluicing it and sorting it. And, it, and th these people work all season in Alaska with huge equipment and water sources. And when they're done, here's how they show you what they got. Let me tell you that. should tell you it's rare. In order to connect to gold you're going to have to be willing, as Jesus put it, there was a man who found a field with some treasure in it, and he went and sold everything he had, and he bought that field. Gold is rare, which means it's going to take careful searching. This is what makes it valuable, because it doesn't just fall out of the heavens, and it doesn't just get stumbled over. It takes careful searching. The entire idea of alchemy. How many of you remember the Middle Ages idea of alchemy? 
What was the great promise of alchemy? I can take common elements and do magic to them and turn them into gold. How many of you would like to take old uh, punch-outs from an electrical box or, or just plain metal that you find and put it in a box, shake it around, add a chemical, and when you're done, open it, and there's gold. If you could do that, gold would become worthless. But this is what makes it special because careful searching is required. This is where people find their first challenge because you must seek after Jesus for him to be found by you. You have to seek out the scriptures to find the truth that is embedded there, and you have to position yourself in a deep search in order to receive the grace of God that is free and provided for you, but is waiting for you to discover it through the careful search. Why are more people not born again? Not because the gift isn't free, but because they don't go after it with everything they've got. I've got some great news for you. There's gold and then there are hills. There's gold in that book. There's gold in that word. There's gold to be discovered in that prayer time. There is gold to be discovered in those meditations. There's gold to be discovered within the seats here at Vision Church. You can tell your friends, come and go with me to church because we keep finding gold there. How many of you have heard the stories of gold dispensing out of the atmosphere and people getting gold flakes on their face or something like that? I don't know what to think about that, but I do know this. When you get yourself into church, you may not get some gold flakes coalescing on your face. You might not get a gold tooth filled there while you're sitting there, but there will be a gold which comes from heaven and touches your soul and transforms you forever. Give the Lord a hand clap. Let me move on. Gold is called the noble metal. It's the highest of the noble metals. What, why is it noble? It's not aloof and separate and looks down its nose at the other metals, speaks in a high, posh British accent. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not silver. It doesn't do that at all. But what makes it noble is it's not corroded or affected by the other chemicals and air, oxygen. I used to live in Ohio. And living in Ohio, you became acquainted with winter, salt on the roads, and cars that lasted for about seven years and then fell down around their tires into rust piles. You were constantly having to buy new cars up in Ohio because it was guaranteed seven winters and you were done. Now, we don't, we don't connect with that down here in Texas. It's one of the reasons I was happy to get here as quick as I could. When we do have ice storms, we typically don't put down salt. We put down dirt, gravel, and other things, and then just wait it out because, my goodness, who can't wait three or four days until this is gone? But you can't wait three or four days in Ohio. You would shut everything down for months. Now, an automobile just being exposed to oxygen, it's enough for it to begin to oxidize, therefore, to rust because of the steel, because of the iron, because of the other less noble metals. The one answer to that would be to build you a gold car. 
How many of you like to take a crack at that one? Talk about sticker shock. What do you mean, $250 million for this? Wow. It's a noble metal because oxygen doesn't corrode it. Acids can't eat it away. No matter what, it stays pure. And as Ronnie Millsap taught me to sing, 99 and 44 100% pure. Gold and ivory snow, right? Ivory soap, or ivory snow, or ivory soap. Air and other chemicals do not affect it. Why does the Bible talk about the value of gold? And why does it connect it to the things of God and the grace of God? I'm here to tell you some great news. When you receive the grace of God into your life, when you accept the greatest gift, Jesus, the Christ of God, into your life, it makes you impermeable to the toxic effects of the world in which you live. Now some gold begins to be formed in you, begins to be released into your life, and the great news is that gold can stand up to anything. Air and chemicals do not affect it. When you can stand strong with the joy of the Lord, when you can stand strong with the grace of God active in your life, and people look at you and recognize that the winds are blowing, the chemicals are flowing, the acid test is being laid to your life, and they see that you endure and stand up, and you continue to shine like the sun, when they see that happening in your life, they're detecting the flakes of gold. Now, it's okay for you to be flaky. There, there's something that's going to glisten in your life, something that's going to shine in your life. What is it? It is the revelation of the grace of God that is coming from deep within you, outside. It is being mined out and brought out to the outside, and no matter how the air affects you, no matter how the other chemicals may work, this is what is true about you. There is a nobility about your life. This simply means not that you're aloof and looking down your nose and saying, I'm holier than you, but there is something about your life that stands up to the pressure. There's something about you that glistens and glows. There's something about you that reflects the light, and it's not oxidized and made covered over with the dirt of this world, but no matter what, you glisten and shine with the coinage of the realm, with the light of heaven, with the aura of the glory of God. Now, not only is it noble, it's also hidden. Hidden. Why do more people not find gold? Because it's hiding. Very hard to find. Ore grades of 30 parts per million. That's what PPM is up there. Is that up on the screen? Yeah. Ore grades of 30 parts per million are usually needed before gold is visible to the naked eye. Listen to this little fact. In most gold mines, the gold is invisible. Now, how would you like to go mining for something invisible? That's a challenge. We're not talking about the big chunk of gold sitting out on the ground as a result of a glacial moving and, and stirring and grinding this up and depositing it. That's very, very rare. 
but we're talking about going into a gold mine, shining your light and saying, looks like dirt to me. And somebody who knows what they're doing saying, you are looking at $250 billion on today's market. And you're saying, what's so special about this dirt? And they say, if I take this dirt and put it through a process, it will yield enough gold to pay for this mine, all of its operations, and take us for the next 30 years in production. And we stand there scratching our head and saying, I think I'm being taken advantage of. I think I'm being played for the fool. No, because most of the world's gold is invisible. It is hidden. I believe that there is gold hidden in everybody in this room. Do you know that the world's oceans have gold in them? Your water supply, you're drinking gold. In your body, there are trace elements of gold. Why? Because you're from the earth. Because God made you. And it is hidden in you. But I'm here to tell you some great news. God can see the gold that he has hidden in you. And here's the thing that we need to do. We need to realize that this is what makes the connection. Faith. Everybody say faith. Faith makes the great connection. It's when you actually take God as his word. When he looks at you and he says, I have placed within you something. What is that? Faith. Do you know that everybody on the planet actually operates in faith? If you're frustrated with your unsaved, lost loved ones, the ones who have strayed away from the Lord, if you're frustrated with them, what you're seeing, what you're feeling is because they have become blind to the grace of God, the gold of God. They have become disconnected from what is within them, and they have invested that faith which God has placed within them as a gift of his grace. They have misplaced it in people, places, and things. It's called idolatry. And what happens when you're wrongly investing your faith? You're digging into some dirt that has no gold in it in the hopes of finding gold. This is the cruelest trick that the enemy plays on people is he gets them to misplace this wonderful gift of faith into trash and things which cannot stand the test of time. And it's fool's gold and a fool's errand. And he gets them with a fever and a rush. And he gets them deeply invested. And it comes out zero every time. But I've got great news for you on the other side of that coin. And that is we can come to Jesus, the grace gift of heaven. We can come under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. And he can open our eyes. And we can place our faith in his word. Place our faith in his direction and guidance. And when we do, the gold mine is open. And he begins to bring out of us by his grace, as we connect by faith, he begins to take the hidden and the invisible and make it real and tangible and visible, and he can transform us to reflect his glory. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? Don't you know that God can see everything? God can see the gold in you. God can see 
the investment he has made in you. God can see the word of God that's been spoken to you. God can see the effects of his Holy Spirit that has touched your life. He can see, and and all he's asking you to do is reach out by faith and say, I believe, I receive, I'll connect with you, I'll accept it. There's some other aspects of gold, and that is that gold must be tested. How do you know it's not iron pyrite? There's a test. There's a test to make sure somebody's not tricking you with false gold. And there are two tests, acid test and fire. How many of you ever heard that expression? That was a, He passed the acid test. That was actually devised to test if it was really gold because there was only certain reactions that gold would have with certain acids. It wouldn't destroy the gold, but it would let off a telltale noise, or not noise, but it would show that this was actually real gold, had passed the acid test. Now, how many of you love testing? Isn't testing wonderful? Brother David Wilson loves testing. He works for Hilti, and they test stuff all the time and make sure it really can do what they say it can do. You know, God can stand up the test. His word can stand up to a test. And so we have been promised to us by Scripture that faith is tested. Our faith is tested. We go, he says, don't, hey, this stuff that's coming against you, don't think this is strange, that this is unusual, because it's for the testing of your what? Your faith. And what is the promise that the apostle lays out ahead of us? That if you're tested by fire, you come through the fire, you now prove that work which is gold, silver, and precious stones. It is necessary for faith to be tested for it to yield the gold of the grace of God in reality in your life. Every word of God will be tested in you, but here's the reason why you're in the test. Because he wants to take the hidden gold that you can't see that he is placing within you and illuminate it and show you the great value that he has placed in you with his word and his ultimate gift of salvation. Give the Lord a hand clap. None of us like the test, but here's the assurance we have. That test will show the value of God, and God's word can stand up to the test. That should encourage you during this season as we in America, I think, are being tested like crazy. Have you noticed that? And we need to have a response to that, and that is, hey, this is what's going on. Lord, would you magnify and use that in my life to take the grace that you have invested in me and mine it out of me, reflect it out of me, and bring it into full fruition so that it can be for your glory, honor, and praise. And then this. Gold is workable. The fancy term for that is malleable. We get the word mallet out of that idea of malleable. So how do you work with gold? You stretch it and you beat it. You heat it and refine it. And then you warm it and then you beat it with a hammer. How many of you just like that idea? Do you know that you can take gold and stretch it until it's a microscopic thread, and it'll hold together. We're using it in electronic circuitry. You'll find some of your uh, components at home are actually gold-plated. 
in your phone, there is some gold plating. Some of you are saying, I'm taking that and melting it down and celebrating Christmas. It might be a good idea to melt that phone down. It can be beaten into a sheet that is so thin you can see light through it. They took the Ark of the Covenant and beat that metal and covered it with a sheet. They took that metal and worked it with a hammer. Do you see the picture here? When God begins producing gold in your life, it's not over. He's heating it, and then he is forming and shaping you and saying, I'm going to take this grace that I've placed inside of your life. I'm going to test it and bring it into refinement, and then I'm going to beat on this until this begins to spread throughout your life, and people start to see more and more of the glory of God. If we're going to be workable, we need to be humble. We need to be teachable, and we need to be willing to come to the Lord. What a great gift to bring to him. You see, one of the questions that I asked you way back towards the beginning is, what kind and what way can I bring this gift to the Christ of God? Let me tell you the gift that Jesus is looking for you to bring to him. Are you ready? And that is to have received the gold Retake that gold that he has given you, faith, and invest it in him. Bring it to him. And then secondly, do this. Say, Lord, I'm yours. You can form me and shape me in whatever way you want to in order to best reflect your glory and your honor and praise. I'm putty in your hands. I'm, I'm that potter's clay that can be placed upon your wheel. Would you take me and whatever it takes? Now, this at this point, we kind of go, ooh. Whatever it takes? Yes, whatever it takes. Would you take me, heat me up, and form me, humble me, help me to be more teachable, and let me become moldable, malleable, somebody who with your persistence of your Holy Spirit that you can beat me, shape me, and form me into an instrument of your glory, honor, and praise. Everyone that's watching by video and everybody in this room, you have a gift of gold that you can be to the world around you, and you have a gift of gold that you can be to Jesus, the Christ of God. And you can say, I'm going to place my faith in you. You're investing your grace in me. And I will submit to your hand as you form me and shape me. I want to be that vessel of gold. If three wise men know to bring that gift, I think I'm standing before 40 or 50 or 100. Or as Pastor C said, a thousand wise men somewhere on the planet who would say, I'm going to seek him. I'm going to go after him as of a hidden and costly thing, and I'm going to submit myself to his persistent molding and shaping. He can take these things and form me and shape me for his glory. Let's all stand to our feet as we pray a concluding prayer. Lord, I pray first of all over those that are watching and listening, those in this room and those that are out there somewhere sometime other than at this time. And somebody who doesn't know you, and yet they have this gift within them, faith, and they could make the connection to you and say, there's gold there. 
God has placed a gift in me called faith, and I can connect that gift to his other gifts of grace, and I can be born again. Not only that, but I can mine out and discover the secrets of God's word, those things that have been hidden because I've simply not been aware. And I can submit myself to his tutelage, his training, and his leading, and I can myself become a gift fit for the master's use, a noble vessel in God's house because he is the one who forms. He is the one who has put all kinds of invisible gold in me and he is the expert that knows how to bring it out to the surface, coalesce it together and then shape it into such a way that it reflects his glory, his honor and his praise. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to present ourselves to you at this time, in this time of the season, that I might come and bring myself as a gift to Jesus, the Christ of God, a gift of gold, shiny, reflecting the light of heaven and catching the attention of a world that needs to see light and hope and grace in this time. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said. We hope that you've been touched by God's grace. As you've listened to our podcast today, we'd love to hear your response via email. And the address is podcast at visionchurch.ag, podcast at visionchurch.ag. And if you're in the area and don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come and visit us personally. We're located at 4024 Dakota Trail in Lake Worth, Texas. We together have a vision, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.